Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Iu Ayala Botera. Iu Ayala Botera is the founder and CEO of Gradient Insight, a leading data-driven consultancy that empowers clients to make informed decisions and achieve growth through the application of artificial intelligence. With a strong background in data science and consulting, he leads a team of skilled professionals who collaborate with clients from diverse industries to develop tailored solutions that address their specific needs and drive their success. Additionally, EU Ayala has also created a game-changing tool called AI Logo Brainstorm that utilizes artificial intelligence to generate unique logo concepts customized to each brand. This tool goes beyond generic templates by empowering advanced AI algorithms that align with the brand's identity and values. It provides a fast and affordable solution for entrepreneurs, startups, designers, and marketers, enabling them to capture their brand essence without requiring design skills. Well, good afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I do appreciate you making the time and traversing these time zones. I know you're currently in the UK, but uh, we traverse the world every day. And uh, this is what really inspires me to get up in the morning and just meet new people and listen to their stories. So thank you, EU. We're going to jump right into these questions. You've got quite the career in technology. You were a software engineer, senior executive. Now you're the founder and CEO of Gradient Insight. Could you share with our audience? the secret to your career growth, and what inspires you? Thanks for the question, Ryan. So let me explain a little bit how I started. I think it's a good indication of what I think inspires me and what led me to create my own company. So I remember when I was a kid, and I always used to say that I wanted to be an inventor. And I feel like I spent my entire life trying to figure out what that actually meant. I think what it meant from the very beginning is that I really like engineering, and robotics, and just how to see how you can apply science, maths, physics, chemistry in order to modify the world and try to make it into something better, automate stuff. I think that's one of the superpowers that we have in this world. We have the capability to create vehicles that move a lot faster than what we do. We can even fly. Like there's Pretty much, we can achieve pretty much anything with engineering. And I feel that's what truly motivates me. Just the notion that we can achieve stuff that for other means, like no matter how much you actually train, that you're not going to jump as high as if you have some sort of trampoline or something like that. Doesn't matter how strong you are, you're not going to be able to bench press as much as pneumatic piston or something like that. And I feel like just being inspired by engineering is what led me to this path of first becoming a software engineer, as you mentioned. And when I was a software engineer, I was quite focused in autonomous vehicles. I started with autonomous motorbikes, cars, and boats. And I feel that's one of the topics that truly captured my interest from a really early age, because I felt like it was the next natural step. We already had cars, planes, and everything when I was a kid. The main thing was how can we make them smart? How can we make them autonomous? And that's one of the things that truly inspired me. And I felt it was the, the next step for engineering and for humanity in order to make every uh, just a better world for everyone. Awesome. Thank you. And everybody aspires to making the world a better place. So I appreciate your share on that. And you, your company leverages a team of data scientists and AI professionals 
to help your clients drive business growth. Could you maybe share with us what makes your company so innovative in this space? Definitely. One of the things that I've learned when I was more involved in robotics or developing autonomous motorbikes, cars, and boats is that it's not everything about creating the perfect algorithm or driving the best type of devices or hardware. It's very important, like the way that you leverage your own data and leveraging your own data these days, this is done with AI. There I could learn that with the right amount of data and with the right amount of labeling, you can achieve pretty much anything you want. You can get the cameras to tell you where there's a boat that you want to see. You can even train a boat to tell you if the waves, where they come from, how high they are, pretty much anything. And that's one of the things that I felt that really inspired me to create my own company because I could see that it was something that was evolving a lot in certain sectors, but not so much in others. And I wanted to try to bring a lot of that innovation that we were seeing from autonomous vehicles into other industries. And especially for what you've mentioned and how we help AI professionals, help my clients to drive business growth. One of the things that I feel that differentiates us is that we are always trying to use uh, the latest technologies. Like everyone knows right now about ChatGPT and all these technologies, but this is something that has existed for quite a while. Even GPT-3 itself, like the model that first used ChatGPT, that was released a couple of years back. And if you ask it just question, whatever question you had, answer, and then you ask it to generate, the results that you are getting were not as good as you are getting now with ChatGPT, but they were like at least 80% of what you are getting, meaning that you could start to see that this generalization of AI is something that we could leverage from a while back. And I feel like this is something that everyone is realizing at this point, because we start to see a lot of different technologies that I already mentioned ChatGPT, but like there's a lot more. Like, for example, there's Whisper, which is an AI technology that pretty much can get an, any audio sound and make captions from it, but with a really great accuracy, something that we haven't seen that before. And what's interesting from that is that we can use the information that we get from, for example, all the videos in YouTube, convert them to text, and then use it to train the new GPT model, for example. And by all of that, what I want to make clear is that we are arriving at the state of AI where you don't have to train the model anymore to do a specific thing. The model is going to have some general knowledge, and this is going to make it a lot easier to distribute to a lot more people because it's not something so specialized for a specific task. It's something more broad. So when you design a product, when you make some sort of solution, I think it's going to be a lot easier to deploy it for multiple clients. And that's one of the things that we are trying to leverage the most. And yeah, I think it's one of the things that uh, differentiates us the most. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're right. Now with the proliferation of conversational AI and other technologies, we're able to do a lot more today than we did maybe three years ago. So that leads us into the next question then. You, you're obviously leveraging some of that new and emerging technologies in your tech stack. Could you dive into anything just briefly on one of those technologies you might be leveraging today? Definitely. 
this technique that I'm going to explain now, I'm going to explain it with an example that I saw online, just because I think it's a lot simpler than to, well, to explain it to one of my own projects, because the the application is a lot more trivial. I can go a little bit briefly into how I apply it for some of my clients. But what I think is interesting is the idea. So starting with large language model like ChatGPT, what they were trying to do was to make it play Minecraft. And Minecraft is a very complex game and there's no real objective. And whenever you train any sort of AI in order to play a video game, what it's normally used, it's called reinforcement learning, meaning that the agent or the AI takes an action. And then what happens is that it gets some sort of feedback, which is called a reward. For example, if it wins, it gets a very good reward. If the agent dies, it gets a bad reward. But what's interesting here is that now there was no training when they tried to use ChatGPT to play Minecraft. How did they do it? There was a, an API, which is simply a way that uh, computer programs talk to other computer programs. And what it was doing, it was being able to command certain actions in Minecraft, like move to a certain place. Let's say, do something specific like cut wood or something like that, like any sort of option, like can be coded into some sort of API action. And what ChatGPT was doing without any sort of a specific training was being asked to solve some sort of task. And then it was generating the code for the API in order to do something. So let's say the first objective, you have to get wood. So how do you get wood? You find the tree. First task, find the tree. All right, how do I do it? Sends the code for the API. And then if this succeeds, great. And if this doesn't succeed, what's interesting is that you can give the error to ChatGPT and it's going to fix the error, the issue for you. And that's one of the things, like by making these sort of large language models reflect on what they are doing, they improve the accuracy quite a lot. And this is something that has been seen for quite a long time, even with uh, GPT-2, you could see that if you make it reflect on their answer, you see that the accuracy of their answer was increasing because it's like making a second pass or asking again what they are actually doing. And the most interesting part and what I wanted to highlight from all these things is that what they brought new from this approach is like, if you say, I need to get wood, as we were saying, like, okay, you need to find a tree and then you need to chop wood, right? So what was interesting is that all these little API calls that it was using to command the Minecraft player, the Minecraft agent into doing those things, they could store them and they could describe them in a smart way and then reuse them whenever it was necessary. And that's what I think is the biggest new tool that I got in my engineering stack is that it's not about anymore training the perfect model. It's about leveraging these large general language models or vision models or whatever they are, but like they have a lot more information and a lot more generalization and what you need to do in order to make them get smarter for a specific task is not about fine-tuning them or changing their weights or anything like that. It's about creating some sort of recurrent actions that they are doing. And this can be applied for quite a lot of things. Like, Because if we think about vision model, for example, like we work quite a lot with uh, visual search in the e-commerce industry, something that you can do is like 
try to store quite a lot of the features that you get for a specific type of image and then retrieve them in a smart way in order to that you can retrieve similar items, something that has worked like, for example, for the best-selling features, like some way to just create some sort of classifier without being a, a specific classifier, just a way to, to hack one, to call it like that, that you can get the same behavior as before, but while it's learning, it's not needing to train anything. It just needs to do an action and then you put it in their action set. And by building this set of actions is how the models now can learn. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. And diving into this tech stack excites me and many in our audience, of course, but I certainly appreciate what you're leveraging and, and providing some of those examples, which is awesome. EU, last question, if you could just briefly explain, could you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in entrepreneurship? Yeah. Something that I felt it has been the hardest thing for me to realize because I had quite a lot of regular jobs, like full-time jobs. When I said that I was working with autonomous uh, vehicles, like that being motorbikes, cars, and boats, that were all with full-time jobs. And I felt there you have a really clear set of instructions, even like single objective. You are only in charge of the tech part, like you are only in charge of the engineering part. So you can very easily see what's your main objective and split it down into individual tasks and move forward. The main problem that you have when you move into entrepreneurship and when you move into having your own company, I feel, at least it was for me, that you have not one objective, but so many objectives is you can have like your own consultancy. You could be working with other clients, like what takes preference? What's the most important thing at each time? Because like now you pass from having a single objective into having like at least six or seven, like that, if you don't have too many. And then all of those they normally are split into a lot of individual tasks, at least if you want to move forward with them. And it gets a bit hard to know what's more important and what takes precedence. And I felt it quite overwhelming at the very beginning. It's just, I, I always like to get stuff done as soon as I see it, but like the amount of new tasks that I was getting daily, it was a bit overwhelming, especially at the beginning, because you have so many things to set up when you get a, a new company or a new way of working, a new client. And something that really helped me is just to have a very clear board where I organize everything and I not only split the objectives into individual tasks, but I also run them with importance and deadlines and just knowing that I have everything on that board, I think gives me a lot of peace and a lot of confidence that I'm working on the right thing. Because if you have something on the back of your mind, you are not even able to focus. And to me, that's something that's that's essential. Because if, if I have something on the back of my mind that it's like, oh, I need to do this, but like it's not scheduled, that's one of the the things that slow uh, slows me the most, especially when I'm developing or something or working from someone. And I felt like having this very organized board with priorities for all of the tasks really helped me to become a better entrepreneur and like uh, be also more efficient for my clients. 
Thank you so much, EU. I appreciate the share on that. And we do have a lot of entrepreneurs in our audience, and they do like to understand kind of how people think and how they're doing to get through a day or a task or their vision, quite honestly. So I appreciate the share on that. And EU, I just want to let you know, it's been a pleasure having you on today, and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. It's been a pleasure being in your podcast, Brian, and let me congratulate you for your podcast. I really enjoy it, and I think the format is very nice, especially in this day and age when everyone has a lot of stuff to do, just to get a few interesting insights from everyone, and I hope that all the listeners have found it interesting. Bye for now. Bye for now.